All right, and welcome to another fantastic episode of You Should Check It Out. This is episode 031, for those of you keeping track. And actually, for those of you who aren't keeping track, you have to listen to me say that either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is You Should Check It Out. Uh, happy Thursday, gents. Happy My name's Jay. Thursday. Yo. I am Nick. And I'm Greg. Spring has arrived, my friends. How glorious has this week week been? No, it's been awful. It's been awful, and I'll tell you why. Because of daylight oh. effing savings oh, time. tell me yeah. about it. I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a, oh yeah, I meant to complain about that. Actually, never mind. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to complain about that. How silly of me. Man, I had, uh, Dude, yeah. like, I, I'm swimming along, man. I'm in sync. Everything know, is good. Like, everything is great. <sighs> and then, like, just for no reason whatsoever, the, you know, they throw us a curveball. This seems to be picking up steam, by the way. This mm. seems to be picking up steam. The on, anti? On the anti, the anti-daylight savings. Anti-daylight like, savings. all sides. Good. Yeah, like the pick one and stick with it, preferably the longer days or later nights. You don't hear too many vo- too many voices like coming out in favor of yeah keeping it these days. I never no, no. I, it I, just has to be everybody has to move it once is the problem. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I had a a super late night in Texas, had to fly to L.A. the next morning. I was like, all right, I get five hours of sleep, and then I realized, wait, no, four. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's lucky that you're a math major, Greg, because otherwise I I would just be staring at my phone for like an hour. Just sleeping. Yeah, just Just sleeping. Yeah, just face pressed against the phone. (laughs) I'm sorry, I suck at math. I slept in. (laughs) I forgot to carry the one. Bye bye pie. (laughs) My bad. Uh, I got a welcome. Got a C in minusing. Yeah. Damn it! I never made it past algebra. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's algebra yeah. two where you get to yeah. the minus thing. That's but what you learn about daylight savings. We got a fan- fantastic episode ready for you today. <laughs> yes, we uh, do. We got three action-packed topics. Action-packed. Ooh, got some 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 talkity talking coming at your <laughs> ear holes here. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, for the next forty-five minutes or so. But uh, Nick, what do you got for us in terms of music, and then talkity talk? <laughs> Thank you. Um, first off, yeah, let's listen to some music. So, actually, I'm not sure when this was released, but Tom York has, I think he's scoring a film that's coming out, a horror film coming out soon, Um, and this track is called Suspirium, and I really liked it. I really liked it. Um, So, I want to give it a listen. Very cool. Suspirium by Tom York. Take bathing light. 
pretty. All right, like question that. for you guys. But I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm ahead. sorry. Is, is it, does this have to do with the song? Because I, I had to say something about the song. I'm sorry. It does. Well, it it has to do with like how much different does it? Is it just me or does Tom York's solo work have a distinct like a different mix for his vocals hmm. that's consistent but just just very different from Radiohead? I don't feel like I could ever mistake a Radiohead song for a Tom York solo song. Hmm. Interesting. I would hmm. say uh, that I I don't know if I would have that problem, but if I didn't know the catalogs already, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think I, I'll I'll keep an ear out for that from now on because there is some elusive quality to Tom York's solo stuff that it does not share with Radiohead and vice versa. And it almost yeah. seems conscious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I was gonna say about this song, I didn't realize that I didn't connect the dots, but it's actually for a movie that came out already called Suspiria. Oh. And right. that gotcha. movie is ridiculously twisted and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, I would say it's very art house. Very, uh, it's worth a watch, but I'd be careful about who you're watching it with because it's like really, <laughs> it's messed pretty, up. it's pretty messed up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> it's about like a, it, it's right, it's on the, on the verge of like a, it's like a black swan type of vibe. This is like okay. about a dance, mm-hmm. okay. a dance company. Uh, and then, like, it turns out that there's, like, some crazy stuff going on with them and these ladies. And anyway, yeah. I was really surprised. It actually had an interesting effect, like, the Tom York's soundtrack. To me, it sort of kind of pulled me out of the movie, to be honest, because I was like, oh, right, it's oh. Tom York again. What are you doing here? <laughs> you know? <Got> it. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> <What> the... <laughs> I wish you'd called. It's you know? a song. <laughs> it turns into, like, a music video. Yeah. <laughs> anyway that's cool man I, i've been watching i've been like geeking out on i'm sorry nick you will get to present your topic no it's fine a second but i've been geeking out on the uh, netflix show and i'm a couple years behind the the ball as as is typical but uh have you guys seen the show dark no it's a german show that was produced for netflix and man it's so good it's so good first two episodes are it, it starts out and it's a little bit rocky but it's like this like beautiful twin peaks uh, kind of Stranger Things mashup. Hmm. Really good. Worth cool. checking out. Nice. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Yep. New I'm shows. Like looking for new stuff mm. to watch. Absolutely. Alrighty. I think I have the first topic this week. Um, and I have some good you news do. that I bring to the to the table. Please. I I think we solved copyright. I think we solved it. Oh, it's I think done. We're good now. It's, we're good. We're done. Oh, excellent. It's good. Sweet. Cool. So we don't have to worry about so that. that mean we can, one less thing. We can kind of just wrap up the podcast at this point. At least I mean, my segments are going to be. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, but um, all right. A couple. You of... should check it out, featuring Jay and Greg. <laughs> Jay and Greg. <laughs> I'll just. I can still tag along. I just don't have much to say. Um, <laughs> or or not. You guys can. Yeah, you talk about it. You just let me know. It's fine. <laughs> no, but some uh, some delightful nerds. Think about two weeks ago. Released was so that they algorithmically, algorithm, algorithmically generated every possible melody. Yes. In MIDI, saved it to a hard drive, copyrighted it, and then released that copyright to the public domain. And now why on earth, Nick, would somebody do that? Well, the idea would be that if every song melody that they believe that they that could be generated has been copyrighted and then released to the public domain for access and use by anyone that it then would mean that nobody has the right to claim copyright on any other melody. Right. Um, hmm. Again, delightful nerds. 
lovely in concept but obviously i like i said brought a couple copyright related stories to the table in in the past and i thought it was a kind of a novel it was a novel concept and oh my goodness yeah what a brilliant outside the box solution to what is becoming a bigger and bigger problem yeah. i think it was, I, it was just a breath of fresh air man I made my day when i first heard about it yeah yeah i i uh, so it's Damian Real and Noah Rubin, and one of them actually gave gave a TED talk about this. But basically, the you know the concept again is that they took a computer, they ran the math, they came up with a set of rules for how long you know kind of a maximum length for a melody and how many bars, and basically just had a computer spit up every possible melody, uh, covering the full twelve tone scale. And then yeah, and then released it open source. It's a, it's a bit to you know. I I don't I don't know that I'll ever see the light of day in a court, but it, it's definitely going to complicate things. I think. Um, Absolutely. I, I, as soon as I saw it, I was just I I, I mean I immediately sent it to you guys and just said, whenever we do the next one, it's my topic. But also, I kind of wanted yeah. you guys to have time to read it and think about it, just to kind of get what you, see what your thoughts were, uh, because mm-hmm. because there have been some really big copyright cases in the past year that. It seems like, and, and again, you know, if, if you believe everything you see on the internet, then it's just the, the, the craziest of the crazies that are yelling about the certain things at some times. But well, yeah, it starts, it, it was starting to see, seem like anybody who had ever written a melody that sounded vaguely similar to something that somebody else had written could remotely, legitimately yeah. sue for, you know, the Katy Perry one, is, which is one of the ones we talked about in one of our first episodes, is probably one of the best examples, Dark Horse, you know. Yep. Somebody who had a melody that in and in the ted talk it's brilliant because the guy points out it's not even the same melody Mm-mm. it's just reminiscent yeah. you know and katie perry perry didn't want to take it to court and uh or no she she did take it to court she did because she thought she was completely uh, yeah. in the right yeah and and you listen right, to it and, and it's hard to make a case i mean i'm it makes me wonder what kind of tricks are, are being utilized to kind of like sway over a jury uh because and, and that's really what it comes down to and that's kind of for me the thing i think that's if there's a flaw in the system, it's that it, it's a jury that decides this, and that really just comes down to who has the more compelling case. I mean, if they're not similar enough, it's not going to come to a court. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I say that, but I still feel like the Katy Perry thing was just so yeah. not even close. Two point um, five, two point five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is what Katy Perry had had to had pay, out of, pay out of pocket in addition to the court. It's costs. very f- interesting to me how you know. Really, a music a, a musical melody can be deciphered into like a code, like a like of of numbers, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so what these guys are, it, it's funny because when you think about it, when they're suing, like, oh, you, you made up this melody. It's like you made up this pattern of numbers. Yep. You know. Like, it, <laughs> right. And so what these guys, because they're such nerds, they're like. But that doesn't make any sense because you can't like patent a number sequence, right? You right, know, right, like, right, that's right. how they're thinking of a melody. Well, Which, tell that to Sony. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, exactly, but but <laughs> yeah. you know that's. Well, a... but it's it's going to be so interesting to see because somebody's going to use this as a basis. Oh, you know, sure, yeah. For for defending, you know, their their use of a song or their appropriation of a song, or if or to defend against somebody else who's coming at them, right? You know, and it's what is the defense, and that that's what I kept coming to. Like, yes, it's an outside of the box. It's not risky on their part, right? They're just putting it out there as kind of like a you know a case study. But as soon as somebody actually uses it and a judge says, okay, I'll allow that to be used in court as a defense or what would be, if you're playing devil's advocate, Nick, mm-hmm. what would be the argument? Well, here here would be where I would see it being against. effective. 
because what you what you could a key provision of the copyright when you're when somebody gets taken to court for copyright it's you know and and they've come into this argument of maybe you didn't consciously do it but have you heard this song and if they if they feel like they can make the case that you've heard this other song somewhere in your past internalized it and then turned around and spit it out as a new song that that is in and of itself a copyright violation so what i think it does do is it gives uh disingenuous maybe in some regard bird clock sorry it's staying this time um (laughs) you could say like no i heard it here i heard it in the public domain like that i think Mm -hmm. is what what's different that you couldn't you couldn't say that that song in the public domain i was i had the right to appropriate it at that point in time i think really where it boils down is is which song took place first and can you copyright a song that had already had a copyright on it i think i think that's where things start to break down to be honest Mm. But mm. but I don't know. It'd be really fascinating to hear. I mean, because there's yeah. there's plenty plenty of folks at the at the you know the EFF and and that will happily take these cases on. Um, oh, absolutely. So yeah. yeah. So I I, I it's gonna I lo- be interesting to see. I, I love I love this kind of approach. I love when I, I love when they uh, they take the algorithm and try to upend the system, especially when there's something <laughs> going on like <laughs> there's something just obviously wrong, or in my opinion at least. It re- so it reminds me of uh, that. That little trick that Wolfpack played on Spotify, where they released the album yeah. of Silence. Yep. I just yeah. told everybody to stream yeah. it on a loop. It's like you just fi- you yeah. know you find a a loophole, right. you know. It, it's, it's a loophole, but here's the thing: like it's not a loophole. Like it could hold up in court. You generated this melody, you copyrighted it as per the law of copyright in the United States. What are they doing wrong? What's the argument against them holding the copyright for? random number 54,325 but you could also mm-hmm. i mean by that by this logic you could ge- have an algorithm that generates every word combination and then just own everything that anybody writes ever again for the <laughs> you know what i mean like like by the, and that okay. and that goes like the, you know you you, you put a, a monkeys in a room with typewriters eventually they'll write hamlet you know right uh, well we're getting to the point now where we have strong enough computers that we could where cases like well, this can come they up. said in the article so like it starts to chip away at the at the relevancy of they, that yeah exactly and they said in the article that the computer was working at a rate of a 300,000 melodies per second mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> good luck keeping up with that you know on right. my best day i'm like 250 oh, uh, tops you know tops. Like most tops, <laughs> tops <laughs> per second <laughs> Right. Per second. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, you know. Hey, man, I work fast. Hey, yeah, you know. He's a very prolific melody writer. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, well, I, but I, I, I like this um, I, I like this type of thinking about stuff. I like yeah. this type of challenging the system that yeah. we have in yeah, place exactly. that's not cool, you know. This is a real, this, this is real raging against the machine, okay? This is not like going on tour and charging $125 a ticket raging against the machine. <laughs> this is like the real shit. I, I totally yeah. agree with you, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, no, but but uh but what do you think? Okay, like there does need to be some place where you can come up with an idea and, and capitalize on it and it stays your idea for some duration of time. Like I don't disagree with that conceptually. No, of course right? not. Right that Yeah. So so where how, it, it seems like the process of deciding who did and who did not violate is really where the problem is. Well, here's, um, here's a p- possible scenario because, like, we're talking about like intellectual property at that point, right? Am I wrong about that? No. Like intellectual property is sure, sure, sure. sure. I'm, I, I may be wrong with like the jargon here, but just hear me out. Let's say, let's say it was. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like maybe the judge would say, well, this example, which was generated by a com- 
computer algorithm is not intellectual property. It's like a different kind of property because it's not like intellectual. Yeah. It was just ran. You just randomly hit on it. You yeah. know, it wasn't like there was no intent to like come up with this exact melody. Yeah. The thought wasn't inspired. It was calculated. Yeah, yeah it was calculated property, not intellectual property. I, yeah, I would think if anything, it's it's more the creation of that hard drive with all those melodies could be counted as one piece of intellectual property. Like mm -hmm. that was the problem. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. that'd be right. fair. But but to to go back to Nick's question, which I think is is interesting, what would be you know if we are interested in in protecting artists' rights to create a song and not have people just rip off copies right. of it? Of course. I, what I think is so brilliant about this strategy and what they're doing is that it really makes judges and juries hopefully re-critique and think harder about whether just a melody constitutes copyright infringement mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that's the whole basis of the, of the Carrie, Katy Perry thing was just this like little motif of da, 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 da. Yeah. you know like how can that be the basis of, for any kind of copyright infringement on the on its face it seems crazy to anyone who's ever picked up an instrument right mm -hmm. right right but money is changing hands right. so substantial money yeah. so that, I think to that point like copyright has to be more than just the bits of the song more than just the rhythm bit mm -hmm. or more than just the sound of the guitar or more than just the melody it's got to be the sum total of the product okay and right. the, the bar has got to be set a little bit higher agreed but, love it yep well, thank you gentlemen of course hey hey man Happy to figure out copyright right law. Yeah, we thanks, did it. But we thanks, did it. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> thanks, yeah, but thanks for bringing that in. That's really interesting stuff. All right. What do we got next? Grego. Yo, well, um, uh, sad to report we've lost oh. another Titan. Uh, Dang it. Yeah. 2020 has been a big bad bitch. But um, <laughs> look. Triple B. It's tri yeah, the three Bs. Sadly, McCoy Tyner, yeah. jazz pianist extraordinaire, dead at 81. McCoy Tyner, I mean, I don't know. I, I was definitely like, well, look, you know, he's he's lived a full life. I mean, you know, it wasn't, I don't know if tragic is the word to, but it did it, it sadden me because yeah, here, here, here's someone, you know, it's, and it's funny, we talked about Sonny Rollins. We're like, man, he's going to pass soon. That's going to be sad, yeah. you know? Yeah. And now, mm -hmm. hey, you know, before we even had a chance to, you know, now here's another one. And so, you know, here's uh, McCoy Tyner, you know, passing away. And I remember hearing the, uh, the Coltrane records and, you know, being kind of blown away. The, the, the quartet, the classic Coltrane quartet, yeah. oh. you know, and being like, who is this piano player? Uh, you know, I, I, it, it dawned, yeah. like, this is the sound, like whatever this guy's doing, that's the jazz piano that I love, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, gradually I learned a little bit cause I was kind of trying to figure out how to study jazz, I guess at that time. And I, so, yeah. uh, people would kind of, say things like oh well he's doing things like you know when he plays a chord he's stacking fourths so it's like he's not really playing major chords and minor chords he's playing yeah chords that are more suspended and mm -hmm. just stacking them that way and so what that does is it sort of like implies a looser form of harmony for the soloists to play over and um mm -hmm. anyway i could go on on and on about that um but i was really digging into this this sound and obviously those are i mean if you know i love supreme my favorite things like all the classic coltrane right. stuff yep. which was even commercially successful you know my favorite things you know when you hear this article in the yeah. new york times about it brings up a good point that when you hear my favorite things by john coltrane you're focusing on one of the main sounds obviously is coltrane's like soprano sax it's almost like a snake charmer playing my favorite things, mm -hmm. you know, which yeah. is like the popular sound uh, from the sound of music. 
popular tune. But right. underneath it is McCoy Tyner banging out these hip courts, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, not to discredit the rest of the band, but uh, but those two were are sort of up and fr- up in the front on that one, and that's yeah. that really like when I look at the history of jazz and I read about it, it it seems like that was one of the major. You know, that's shown a light on jazz really hard. It was that a re- breakthrough. Yeah. yeah, it was a breakthrough for sure. As far as like putting improvisational jazz into the mainstream, right? Yeah. You know, so. Right, definitely a founding light. Right. So, you know, just going through this article and he, he, he grew up in Philly where he, where he met Coltrane pretty young and they, they, they were friends and he had an understanding that when Coltrane was able to lead his own group that he would hire him as his piano player. Mm-hmm. So they did that. They churned out some of the most, you know, impactful music of the 20th century. And when he was done with it, which happened when Coltrane started bringing in more and more musicians, apparently, like to make this the band sound bigger, he was like, I think he just fit better in the quartet. But once it became a bigger band, he decided to move on. So after he left the band, he struck a deal with Blue Note and quickly delivered the real McCoy, which was his first uh, his first album as a band leader, and that was one that also kind of knocked me on my ass when I first heard it. Huge album. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it still has like Elvin Jones from the uh, classic quartet, has Joe Henderson, and I think uh, Ray Ray Brown. Ray Brown, yes, on bass. So that's it's in a way it's like it's not the Coltrane Quartet, but it has. That same, it's a lot of the similar qualities of yeah. it, you know, and it's around the same era. So yeah, that's one of my favorite eras of jazz. Just absolutely. I don't know. I've never been one that I, I love early bebop, but there's something about the early recordings of bebop, like the the audio qualities is so low. Sure, yeah. sure. You know, it it, it kind of detracts from it for me. I still love that stuff, but like, yeah, like that that era of jazz is just so classic and just yeah solidified in my mind as kind of what jazz is sure yeah <laughs> it's crazy how much of the coltrane sound was mccoy you know what i mean like if you if you listen to him with a different pianist like not in a bad way but just like it was just going back through this article and then re-listening to some stuff it was like oh wow yeah that really was that really was so much of of, of what he and, and did do you mind if i read that quote that that uh of coltrane's about about when he brought him on board um of course coltrane says uh and this is 1961 in an interview he did my current pianist, McCoy T- Tyner, uh, holds down the harmonies, and that allows me for, to forget them. He's sort of the one who gives me wings and lets me take off from the ground from time to time. Yeah. And, and that's so, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that really that really does provide some clarity as to, like, what that quartet had. It, it had, like, Coltrane just had more room to do his thing. He didn't He didn't have to hold down the melody. But so, yeah, that was going to bring me back. That, that's exactly what I was um, alluding to before, how you're saying, like, you know, it, it, it gave Coltrane more space because it, when, you know, in music, when you have like a major sounding chord, you sort of have to lean into it. I mean, you can play against it and play a minor sound, but it's going to clash a little it bit. It will clash, sure. And then vice versa. But when McCoy was playing those chords, Coltrane could go in either direction. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. that, and, and that, and then once he could do that, he would just go in every direction yeah <laughs> you know yeah. i mean if you lift into a love supreme he's playing a love supreme he plays it in all 12 keys really yeah you know and that's <laughs> so to just like fill it all out and you and like as a listener you're like you don't even notice it because he's playing mm-hmm. the same theme yeah but like it doesn't even matter like he's just playing it in all 12 keys while the band is in one key 
Right. <laughs> right. How much space he's yeah, got. Yep. Exa- so anyway, and that, you know, I would say also that like that Coltrane quartet, it's a band, you know, they should be considered like a band, like a Led sure. Zeppelin, yeah. Or, yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? Or the, or the Beatles. Like I would, I would put the John Coltrane quartet up there with the Beatles. Right like on. it had to be those four guys. Yeah, it's fair. Especially when it's a quartet, it's just everybody's just so out there mm-hmm. and contributing so much to the sound. Yeah. And when you think about it, it's the same exact. I mean, it's close to the same era, isn't it? Like sixty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, it's the sixties. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it's it's so funny, man, because I I just I grabbed this book off my shelf because while we were talking about it, I was thinking about it, but this is like just a little book that I got whenever I was. I mean, it was young. I must have been. 12 13 14 or something like that it's called what jazz what jazz is Uh an insider's guide to listening to jazz it's written by johnny king and it's one of those books that like i didn't think about much whenever i got it (laughs) right you know um because it just kind of seemed like well i already know what jazz is i play (laughs) i I play night train on saxophone in my middle school jazz band (laughs) so i know jazz and like yeah you know i've lived it i've lived jazz (laughs) that's right that's right but i mean as the years have gone by i've read this a couple times and it's actually pretty good it's got a forward by christian mcbride um, nice. And the right guy off. is is a is a jazz player, and he must be a big piano fan because he talks about McCoy Tyner so much in this book. Does he? And that's really where I learned about McCoy Tyner, huh. to be honest with you. Um, nice. And he talks about Time for Tyner and uh, the Real McCoy as like two seminal albums that you just have to go and listen to. And absolutely, as a teenager, I did. You know, just kind of fell in love with that sound and that music. It's just just funny to. To think yeah. about that all these That's years crazy. later. Nice. Yeah, man. Well, he's, you know, uh, one of the titans, you know, if they did like a Mount Rushmore of jazz, I'd vote for him to be on it, you know? Because, yeah. I mean, that that's, I, I got to say, like, I mean, as a guitar player, sure, there's been like jazz guitarists that I've loved, but one of the instruments that drew me the most into, I just love jazz piano, man. Like mm-hmm, when it's yeah. really, really rocking, it just kills me, man. I, yeah. And uh, it's so great to, to listen to him and we'll, you know, luckily we have so many recordings to to go to. I'd love to play some of the real McCoy, the the, the first Let's tune, Passion Excellent. Dance. Absolutely.
That's like an orchestra, stuff, man. man. That's so <laughs> yeah. fun. At one point in that solo, he's play, he's playing a blues like he's like but it's like in like the song's in F, but he's playing that blues like in B. I think it's like a tritone away. It's like the all like the most the wrongest notes, but, they, <laughs> he, but he like she keeps playing it, you know, like yeah. he, he, he he you know yeah. It's, and man, the, 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 what he's playing with his left hand is so dense, you know, and so yeah. like bam, beep, ah, bam, 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 bam. yeah. That's that's it, one man. one comment I saw a lot too from people who were also morning we're like that left hand though <laughs> and, well they even there was even a point in the article where it says you know anybody who's ever studied as a as a jazz piano player has to spend some time learning the mccoy method you know what i mean like the yeah. tyner method of that left hand That's, yeah specifically that left hand yeah i mean Fantastic. when you really think about it like how do you take something like the piano and like add to you know it's 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 amazing what do you accomplished. so yeah rest in peace mccoy tyner indeed absolutely well, Alrighty. guys, before I before I get started here, let me just say, I love doing this podcast with you guys, oh. and it's, it's specifically for like segments like that. That is all I've ever wanted to do with you guys. You know, oh. we just you know, if we weren't doing this podcast, we would just be sitting here talking about music anyway. Sure, exactly. you know, and now we get to sit here and uh, you know listen to that kind of music together and comment get some of that legal zoom so cash cool. in the meantime yeah heck yeah dang yeah, straight man. baby take it straight to the bank <laughs> yeah any day now that check is coming in the mail i'm waiting not hey legal zoom you guys got my paypal all right we cool okay <laughs> direct deposit eat now checks in the mail baby <laughs> Woo, doggy. sweet all right guys so for my segment this week i just kind of want to issue a little bit of a disclaimer here i'm going to be talking about a podcast that the episode just dropped uh, last week, it's it's a very popular podcast. It's called Reply All, yep. and it's episode number one fifty eight. It's called The Case of the Missing Hit. Now, I'm going to be talking around this, and the reason I'm kind of dancing around it now is because there's kind of a spoiler at the end. There, there's a really ah. it's it's such a great episode, and yes, I don't is. want to ruin it for you if you haven't heard the episode. I really don't, but I'm afraid that I might. <laughs> Right. I'm not sure how I'm going to talk around it. And so we'll, I, you know, we'll if bleep you, it out. If, we'll bleep it out. This is the whole last two minutes. <laughs> Just, <laughs> and then I hear, <laughs> so if you haven't heard the episode and you have any interest in 90s pop music and forgotten songs, please go listen to that, that episode. Stop, pause this here. We'll still be here whenever you get back. Listen to the whole thing and uh, get back. But with that being said, Greg, I don't think that you've heard the entire episode, have you? So I started Uh-oh. it. I didn't get to the end. So, I, but I will say this. I will say this. I am riveted. Excellent. I Excellent. Actually, I almost wanted to cancel recording the podcast so I can actually like finish <laughs> it's, this. It's a true yeah, story. I feel like I feel like it's a uh, it's a it's a true mystery. Yeah, it it is. It's it's really good. So quite a satisfying let me just, arc. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just give kind of the outline, and I'm just gonna. If I start getting too close, Nick, you hit. You tell me timeout. But uh, anyway, this this episode it starts as many reply all episodes do with a listener calling in with a bit of a mystery, a tech mystery or a music mm-hmm. mystery. And this, this guy is a film producer uh, from L.A., of course, named Tyler Gillett, and uh, he tells this story about him coming home from an, uh, a work party. And he's in the car with his wife, and mm-hmm. they're singing, you know, crappy pop songs, as you, as you do. And uh, he starts singing fragments of this song to his wife that uh, he claimed was a huge hit in the 90s. 
And his wife was like, I've never heard that song before in my entire life. What are you talking about? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. How, how can you not know that song? It's great. And he mm-hmm. knows, like, lyrics and bits, and he knows the hooks and everything. She's he never heard of lot. it. Yeah. He He starts Googling it as soon as they get home, and he works all through that night. And the next morning, he can't find a trace of this song. And we've all been there, right? Yes. So we've we've all we all know that we've known a song, and and we may not know the name, we might not know the artist, we might not earworm, know any right? salient earworm. Yeah, it's just an earworm. You know a little bit of it, and you start googling, and you can't find anything. And it's frustrating. Eventually, you find a a hook, and and you get your and you find it, and you get that sweet release. Well, this guy, this this process goes on and on and on. He can't find any trace of it on the internet. So he calls up Reply All. And they start doing some digging on it. And uh, one of the hosts, I can't remember, PJ or Alex. PJ. Says, well, PJ, he said, I can't find any trace of it either, but you seem to know this song so well. What if we set up a, like a recording date? What if we, what if we set up a date in the studio? (laughs) Right. I'll get a couple, I'll get a, a couple real musicians out here. You can sing them the song. We will re-record a version of it, and then we can either feed that into like one of those song finders on the internet, mm-hmm. or we can you know ask around all of the musicians out there on the internet, and somebody has to have known this song, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's 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 the moment where the gauntlet is thrown, right? So it, right. it's really up right. to this guy. If if this is a real song, and it's not just something that's been floating around in your head, now's the time to put up or shut up, right? Right. Well. The coolest part of this whole episode, <laughs> they get these like random musicians. And Greg, I'm dying to hear your your feedback from this because oh my god, <laughs> just to show up at a studio and this guy can't sing. He's not like a musician at he all. He had he had previously but, attempted to multi-track this himself, only using his right. voice. That's right. Because he he's a film producer so on he, YouTube. That's right. Because so he exactly. made this song and he sang all the parts. The thing that blew my mind was how much he remembered. I right. know, I it know. My, right. He knew like all the words, and I mean, when I get an earworm, I've got like maybe a phrase that I'm just right, right. That's all I've got to hold on to. Anyway, but they I, had clips of him at the in the studio, and he's like directing the musicians, and he's not uh-huh. a musician himself, but he's like, no, no, the guitar tone needs to be a little bit more biting, yeah. you know, and he goes like the the solo comes in at like bar eighteen, and it's like yeah. you got to do this rising yeah. thing, yeah, yep, and he like spells the like. So at that point in the episode, you're like, well, either this guy's completely off his rocker, or made this or he's up. Got the, and he's just made this song up, yeah. whole cloth, which is possible. Sure. Or it really is a forgotten song, which in today's world, songs aren't forgotten. They're out there on the internet somewhere. It's crazy That's to think. True. Right, right. It's crazy to think. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but they 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 said something good because um, I I did reach this point of the episode so far and they're like it was like he was doing a police sketch <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, exactly like a poli- right. which I thought was hilarious like a police sketch of the song because then because all of a sudden you know? he's like oh I remember the bridge I remember the bridge yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah exactly. and he just starts singing this other part and they're like okay I guess we'll record the yeah. bridge but he's like not a musician so he's like. It's so and stupid. the poor singer who has to sing it, you know, he's like a professional uh-huh. singer, right? Yeah. And he's like, I, I'll, you know. I'll give it my best shot, man. Yeah, okay. And uh, you, you know, and they they put together like a passable version of this song, and it just sounds, you know, like the cheesiest '90s pop song. Well, it sounds like a of. really bad. I, I mean, they they've alluded they allude to it early in the podcast, yeah. Yeah. so I mean, uh, but, 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 but like it's a bare naked ladies type of 
sound. It sounds like a really bad ripoff like a, of one like week. Like a one week ripoff. Yep. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds like. Chickadee yep. China, and, uh, the Chinese chicken, yeah, and all right, that. Right. And, yeah, and they start saying things like, oh, well, you know, in the in the early 90s or in the 90s, I, actually, I would say mid to late 90s, the these bands, these white bands would start, we're like, well, we have to throw sort of the, some kind of rapping in there. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. So, right. Our, our understanding of the genre yeah, of rap. Yeah, yeah, right, just to right. get some, some some of that rhythmic variance in there. Right, that, right. You know. I've been told so, it So anyway, right. <laughs> so they put together this demo of this song and it sounds cheesy as hell, but... You know what? If there ever was a song out there like this, somebody would be able to identify it. Like there had to be something in there. You would they think. Send, they send it out to all these critics. They send it out to like the entire brain trust of Rolling Stone magazine. Mm-hmm. They had producers from around LA. They had radio directors from around the area of Phoenix, Arizona, where uh, this guy was living at the time. No one recognizes Not a the hint. song. At all. Wow. Nope. Nothing. And not, not even like a, hey, that sounds kind of familiar. I think right. I remember that. Or that sounds like this other song. And you, I think I'll throw this in just because I, I, we're reaching kind of the point where I'm going to have to stop talking about this. But they interview Stephen Page, ex From the Naked Ladies, ladies yeah. right, lead singer. And he's like, nope, never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he has a lot of That's really hilarious. interesting insights. He's like, you know, it sounds to me like a song that could have been, um, you know, like a, you know, one of these test market singles, you ah. know, it, for, for a record company. If they're not sure on an, a particular artist, they're going to have him cut a single in a studio for cheap. They'll throw it out, you know, in a test market like Phoenix or Flagstaff or Sacramento and see how it does. And if it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't go anywhere. It could have been one of those things, mm. but still, nothing. And that's about as far as I can take it. All right. Yeah. Well, well, I'm going go, to go listen to the end. What do you think about Lost Songs, man? I mean, isn't that crazy? That like, What got me at this point in the story was, again, how could this guy have come up with this song? Like, I think any of us, like if we were pressed and we were given an opportunity by a major podcast to say... Hey, let's create a song in the studio. I think we could all come up with something, right? Sure. But this sure. guy is a film producer, obviously not a musician. For him to have the amount of knowledge of this song that's in his head, and detail, <laughs> yeah, and detail and structure, and and there's a lot of lyrics. It's not just and like a lot lyrics. Of lyrics. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of lyrics. He said he would like wake up in the middle of the night and just be like, remember like one another phrase, and just write it down, and go back to sleep. Yep. And I, I was, and every time he would say another lyric, I would Google it. Like this guy had to just miss something. Like how could you not be able to Google this? This is crazy. Yeah. It, 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 that's what blew my mind was that this was like some sort of even, even given some of the caveats that come later on, still to not have this indexed anywhere on the internet that's that's kind of it's it like i guess there's hope there is hope <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> it, it's all the knowledge is not online and that's good to know that's good to know <laughs> so anyway uh i guess i'm gonna have to leave it there unless you guys have anything else you you want to say I, mean, I would just say encourage i would encourage everybody to go listen to it so it's, it it's, is a fantastic the podcast episode. is called it's called reply all mm-hmm. it's episode yep. number 158 the case of the hidden hit is that missing correct? hit case of the missing missing hit, hit. 
fantastic yeah, I, i'm riveted i'm like half i'm over just over halfway through it uh, as soon as i'm done with this i'm gonna go listen to i have to know what happens and it's so rare that when you get 43 minutes into the episode you're like i have no idea which way this is gonna go yeah either way it's gonna be a great story it is a well right. done episode <laughs> i mean it, it's a great podcast but that episode yeah that is a yeah. well done episode they do a heck of a job with that Awesome. So All right. You should well, check that out. Indeed. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Uh, and you should check this out. For those at home, you missed uh, a very emphatic hand gesture. He was very yes, emphatic. Yes. <laughs> right. You might have heard Finger it on the point. mic, though. Right. You might have heard. <laughs> I, I've been listening to this uh, acoustic guitar player who does these solo acoustic guitar interpretations of pop music and some, some original stuff, too. The guy's name is Martin Tallstrom. Okay. Uh, Greg, have you ever heard of him? I don't believe so. Oh, he's fantastic, man. He, he's Marty Swedish. T? <laughs> Marty, Marty T. Marty T. Um, oh, that's what we call him. Oh, yeah, of course I know Marty T. Right, Mar- right. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. My bad. Marty. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Marty. What up? <laughs> he's fantastic, man. He's got a bunch of good YouTube videos out there. Um, got a couple uh, acoustic solo records. But I was just, I like listening to instrumental acoustic stuff while I'm working. And uh, Right on. I was chilling out today, listened to his album Acoustic, which came out in 2014, I believe. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, 2009. And uh, it starts with a song, Jesse James, which is an interpretation of the, the classic uh, bluegrass tune. And by the end of the album, I'm like, I'm really digging this guy. He's you know, got kind of like a Michael Hedges kind of thing. Um, I love that. You know, yeah. just really pretty sound, great kind of percussive attack and then like right as i'm getting in the middle of like my like my workflow i'm then all of a sudden this very familiar melody comes on and it turns out he's done a rendition of the twin peaks theme on this album (laughs) really so (laughs) you didn't know that coming in i did not know that i did not know that and it's like track 12 on this album so (laughs) so this album all this album all of a sudden reached out and spoke directly to you Oh like, yes, yeah. Oh it was, wow, it was one of those. Oh, wow. oh yes. Oh, I just want yes. now. Now I'm gonna find this guy on Twitter. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> and it actually, turns out it's on a baritone acoustic guitar. Oh, that's cool. kind of interesting. Yeah. I love so, that. What's I the deal that. with that? I don't know anything about that. It's sort of like a high, like what you would consider in between a bass and a guitar. Yeah. So just lower strings. You know, it's longer yeah. scale. Yeah, 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 strings. yeah. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. So it's an interesting. T- it's an interesting sound. Sure. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever like actually heard an acoustic baritone that's sounds, you, that seems pretty rare to me yeah you see them in in electrics a lot but acoustic yeah. baritones are very are pretty rare hey bef- before we uh spin this can i just give a shout out and a plug yeah. real yeah. quick Dope. so i just wanted to uh say um to all the folks out there in texas i, I got to play in austin last weekend and it was great and i felt terrible hearing the news about uh, the cancellation of uh, uh, the South, the South by, South by stuff. So we, I, I don't want to spend too much time on the podcast going over like you know current event type of stuff. But just wanted to say sh- give a shout out, and I'm sure it'll still be there'll still be some cool stuff going on though. So, uh, but I also wanted to plug some shows this weekend uh, yeah. for those of you in the Pacific Northwest, Bellingham, Washington, the 13th. That's Friday, Friday March 13th. 13th. Uh, Friday the ah, 13th. Yeah. yeah. At Wild Buffalo House of Music in Bellingham, Washington. Ooh. And the following day, this is going to be a really nice one in Eugene, Oregon. 
uh, so that's at Sessions Music Hall with uh, the Red Not Chili Peppers tribute that I'm uh, playing with. We're doing Blood Sugar Sex Magic in its entirety, Ooh, um, nice. which has been a super. It's, that's been a real challenge, but we've oh, yeah. we've got it dialed in now. And um, that's awesome. Yeah. So come. Are you guys come out and hear it, man? I mean, just like recordings from like stuff, stuff that you can find online. Yeah, uh, it would no, it I mean, would be nice actually to, be? to get a full one. You know, just to just yeah. to capture it while everyone's while the strike while the iron's hot. Heck if yeah. you will. But anyway, yeah, we've been having a lot hot. of fun. <laughs> that, talk about talk about '90s nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, man, you that know? is a f- yeah. fantastic album. It sure is, man. It doesn't get old. I I I'm enjoying every night that we get to play it. So yeah, come on so out cool. and hear it. Thank you. All right, boys. I think Boys. we've reached our time. Sure have. It's thank time. Thank you, guys. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you, you, guys. Have an awesome, awesome. week. Stay safe out you there. Too, Wear man. your masks. Wear your masks. You got it, boss. I'm on <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. This is uh, Martin Tostrom uh, with the Twin Peaks theme and baritone acoustic guitar. Hey, guys. They make mic'd masks, I think, now on Amazon. You can probably get those. Max masks oh, I they were sold a USB out. mic that came. No, no the USB mic yeah. ones are still in. It's good. Uh, cool. <laughs>